open book, so I believe that. So nothing bite me down the road. So keep like, going, if I going, say man, something, and then somebody try to say if I get bigger, somebody try to talk about me, say something in the comment, or even make a blog, I'd be like, yeah, I already talked about it. You know what I mean? Instead of trying to be like, oh, I didn't know they was gonna say that and spread it. So being true to myself, though. Transparency, transparency. I love that. I love that. Well, that's Sip the Motivational Kid. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay. Got Gary in studio. He's on uh, day two of the recovery from the Rona. How's it going, brother? Good. How you doing? I'm making it. Oh, yeah. You got a little more bass in your voice. Yeah, a little bit. I slept for 1.3 hours. (laughs) Good now. (laughs) 1.3 hours. That's a new record. But you act like that's anything different from normal. But I got Gatorade. (laughs) This cures everything. So... Sip the motivational kid. Thank you for coming in today. I'm super excited to talk with you. You got some uh, a really intense story to share, as well as uh, some methods to get through trials and tribulations. I'm excited about it. First, let's talk about the name Sip the Kid or Sip the Motivational Kid. Sip the Kid, man. Um, okay, so I'm, I live in Iowa. I was born in Iowa. I was born in Iowa, raised in Iowa, but half of my life I was raised in Mississippi. So the Sip is kind of in the Mississippi. Oh, the okay. kid part, the kid part might sound crazy though. It's my aspect on life. So, like, I believe in like, like all the stuff I've been through and chasing your dreams. Sometimes you have to have a kid mindset. If you t- if you ask a kid right now, what do you want to be? They probably say a police on the moon. So I believe in that mentality. Like, or like even a kid love hard because they don't under- they haven't they haven't learned to hate and fear and be racist and all that. You know. So my kid mentality is how I look at life. Like I don't believe I- there's and there's nothing I don't believe I can't do. Same with a kid. Or I trust the world. I trust the universe. If you drive your car with your kid, your kid is not looking out the window like, are we going to crash? Mm. They trust you. They trust what's going on. So I trust the world and the universe. That's what sipped the kid. The kids have my aspect on life. Like, I'm free to love. It's like I unlearned everything that I learned, you know? Because a kid, you learn to fear, you learn to hate and everything. So I unlearned everything. I'm a kid. It's, I'm a kid at the heart with love. With, God, that is work. that is so beautiful. Not the direction I was expecting, which I love even more. And I can tell you, I could not agree more with that philosophy. We just talked about it yesterday. We had uh, Yeti Newenhouse on, and we were talking about how we are all children and we're perfect as our creation at that time, the way that we're made at that moment. And everything after that is something pushing against that authentic light that you are. Anything that you learn, anything that you take in from your society, your culture, your family, if it's a bad input, it's just like a computer, man. It's going to be a virus. It's going to stay there for life. I'll even throw it in for Gary. It's an ingredient in soup. You can't remove he it. He talks about soup constantly. I don't know what it is about soup. I'm doing it extra now. Yeah. It. <laughs> you know that, we always talk about being kids and how we should do that more, but your perspective on it was a little different than what we've talked about. It's something that I'll keep with me because we talk about growing up and being so serious and not having fun and not having these joys of a kid, but you bringing up those perspectives of the learned behaviors that kids have and the distrust that we have as adults, that's a little bit of a different spin on it. That makes a lot of sense because it's very easy to start distrusting everybody or to look at everybody negatively Mm -hmm. when you meet them just based on what other people have done. But kids, they're not like that. You know, they say drunk people and kids will always tell the truth. You know, it's like, uh, I like that perspective on it for sure. Yeah, adult make-believe has consequences, and people don't realize that. 
we're just yeah. extending the game we were playing as a kid, except now it has consequences and a long-term character. Whereas before you yeah. could be a cowboy, you could be whatever football star running around the yard. And yeah. in all honesty, no damn difference. It's the person judging the volume of what it is that you're being at that moment. Yeah. Your crowd yeah. can still make you a football fucking star. It's just your friends yeah. standing there saying yeah. you're a star. There's no yeah. difference. And that's what I mean about learn. Like, it's all about, you know, you telling that kid or person that you can't do that or that's not possible. And that's what I mean, you know. That's what I mean about the kid. Like, they believe their imagination is so crazy, you know, so. This isn't a path that people stumble upon. This is a mm -hmm. path that <laughs> requires some trials and tribulations. I want to give a upfront disclaimer that we're going to talk about some very painful things, some mm -hmm. traumatic experiences. And if that is something that um, you're triggered by, please, you know, find a, another method to consume the information. Um, I don't want you guys hurt with this. DeAndre, can you tell us about 2018 and the trials you went through? Yeah, I can. So, um, so I'm going to tell you the backstory and everything. So I had a younger brother. I'm the oldest of three kids. Younger brother, 21, right? In a truck. In a truck with people, they did a drive-by shooting. Someone died. So it's like, I think it's like four or five of them in the truck, drive-by shooting. He goes to jail for murder. He beat the case. He gets out. Some of them get locked up because they couldn't blame all of them, you know, all the background story. But in the truck with some people, they did a drive-by shooting. Someone died. All of them in the truck. He so happened to get my brother get out. My youngest brother get out. But when he get out, it's retaliation. You know, people, somebody found me die, you know. There's rumors around the story uh, streets that he the one that did it and everything. So uh, I remember this May, uh, May 31st, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. I was actually getting ready to take my four-year-old to um, a doctor appointment. I even got That's a lot of stuff. See, like my, I got a four-year-old with a disability. Like she had to get like an eight-hour surgery, but it's off, off topic. But I had to take my daughter to an appointment at 7 o'clock. I get a call from my mom on the way to the doctor appointment saying that, hey, they think your brother is dead. And I remember like this, like it was yesterday, I actually hung up the phone and just threw it in the car. I don't know where it landed at, I just threw it. And they said they think it was my brother because when my brother went to jail, he had dreads, you know, he had dreads and everything. But when he got out, he tried to change his appearance because he kind of figured he had a target on his back. So he had like tattoos on his eyes and face, he cut his hair, so he looked different. So I said, okay, they said where he was at. So we get there behind the alley, Behind the alley of a, um, it's like a restaurant that sells gyros, gyros. We get there and the police there. My brother's laying there in the alley, just flat out, body just dead. Like he's there, dead. Like uh, he got murdered. He got murdered like four in the morning. What happened was the crazy part is my own cousin set him up. So the people, so the guy that got killed in a drive-by, he started dating my, he started dating my cousin on purpose. They set him up. So my cousin had him, drove him in the alley in the middle of the night, like four in the morning and told him to wait in the car. While he was waiting in the car, two guys came in, dragged him out the car at four in the morning, killed him and left him in the alley. So my brother had been laying in the alley since like, I think between two to four in the morning to like seven when we got there. And we found him in the alley, just laid out. And on top of that, to make it even crazier, there was like so many pictures of his dead body on the internet. People was, cause he was laying there from like two to four in the morning to like seven. People had time to take pictures of his body and he was just laying there like lifeless. And and on top of that, fast forward, the beef wasn't still over. Like, people still wanted to retaliate and stuff like that. So what happened was, fast forward to September 10th, 2018. My, uh, I got, like I said, I'm the oldest. My younger brother's dead now. So what happened was, 
I got a, a middle brother. He was living with my mom. My house was around the corner from my mom. So what happened was he was like, at home chilling. All of a sudden, he called me like, they killed my mom. Drive-by shooting. Drive-by shooting. Guys drive-by shot my mom's house up. My mom is on the, in the house on the phone. My mom gets shots right in the face, in the nose. She get right, shot right in the face, in the nose. He called me like, they killed my mom. Okay. I shoot there. I beat the police there. I walk in the house and my mom is on the floor, lifeless. Like she was not too many details, but she was like bleeding out the eyes and everything, like everything like that, bleeding out the eyes. So like, and that's September 10th. So May 31st, September 10th, my mom killed from the same people. You know what I mean? They still want to hurt my brother, even though he's dead. They still trying to do everything. They still trying to hurt, you know, us, you know, and not even make matters on top of that. I remember this like, like yesterday. My mom died September 10th. September 11th, I went back to the house, you know, and I had to like, me and my wife had to clean my mom's brains off her stove and her in the, in the fridge and stuff because the, because when she was standing, you know, she was standing in the kitchen. You got shot in the nose. I had to clean it up. And that's not even the crazy part about it. So me and my grandmother was close, like real close. She was like, you know, because cause I'm going crazy at the time, trying to, I'm honestly battling. I'm, I'm trying to battle because I got kids. I'm battling. Like, this is a simple motivation kid, but I'm trying to battle being in the streets and not going to jail and being there for my kids. You know what I mean? Like, do I go back and retaliate or I'll be there for my kids? So I'm battling that because, you know, I don't want my kids to not have a dad. Talking to my grandma about it. And my brother, after my mom died, my middle brother moved with me because he didn't want to stay in the house. He didn't feel safe. Same kind of moment, I remember. He runs up, He's because my house got to finish. He living downstairs. He runs upstairs screaming, Grandma dead, Grandma dead. My grandmother died in her sleep. She died in her sleep. And so that's in November. So like the first week of November. So 2018, that's all in a row, man. That all happened. Wow, man. Yeah, um, man. And if and it's and it's and it's sound and I know sometimes it sounds like it's fake, but it, my mom's name was Diane Martin. So if you Google Diane Martin, Waterloo, Iowa, Waterloo, Iowa, Diane Martin, you can see they still have the case on the news. It reached Fox and everything. So then the information is on the internet. It's out there, man. My uh my deepest sympathies, first of all. For uh, thank you. All of that loss. Um, you can't help but get emotional hearing all of that. Um, yeah. Seeing things firsthand. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine what it's like to process that and to hold that inside of yourself. Um, oh, yeah. Because you do for a certain amount of time. Those traumatic yeah. events can become your persona. You can become a victim of your life. You can become... Yeah someone that is the label of I went through these things and I looked through your content and I don't feel that that's the message. I don't feel that it's a story of a traumatic experience. Um, What it appears to be is a lot more leaving and understanding life and moving forward in a positive manner. Can you, or you know what? I'm going to let Gary kind of comment on what, what you just uh, talked about. It's going to be hard for me to talk go any further. It's like my worst nightmare growing up, how I did like that something happened to my mom for like shit that I did and the street shit. I was in, in like, that was, mm-hmm. that was I, to, this, to this day, I'm 43 years old. And I ain't been doing that kind of yeah, shit man. in a long time. And I feel like somebody going to get her like just yeah, what, what I did. Like I, I, I have nightmares about that. Yeah. You know, I grew up doing some shit, you know, oh, yeah, and, right. and in that kind of environment, that was like my biggest fear is always that that exact thing would happen, you know. And uh, it, yeah. 
I don't know. You're so, you're so much stronger than me. <laughs> I, I uh, it was it wasn't easy. It, it wasn't easy, man. Like I said, there's so many things I had to battle. Like being the oldest son, you know. And then you got people in your ear. Like you can get like being the oldest people. Like you know, like I said, I had to battle myself. It was times like I'll be honest, man. I was locked and loaded in that car. You know what I mean? Like ready at the middle of the night, and it's like part of me like you got your kid. So I was I turned into someone else for a long time. You know what I mean? Because being the oldest, you look like you gotta protect and set. No, the talk. That's that toxic masculinity yeah, and pride yeah. that's bred into us from day one. Yeah. That says we've talked about this. When I've I've fought a lot of fights that weren't mine. Yeah, and in fact, I could honestly say that probably ninety nine percent of my fights in life weren't something that I felt like I should be raising my hands for, mm-hmm. but should be helping someone through it. Yeah. It's so hard as a man in society to have to face toxic masculinity in order to care for your family yeah, and then live with some kind of bizarre ass shame that's not deserved simply because you care for your children. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. And I'm super impressed. Yeah. It's hard to separate that out in the moment though. You know, like that's, that's a lot of, thought that goes into those statements but in the moment like yeah. i i couldn't think that way yeah. i wouldn't have been strong enough i mean i, I know exactly what i would have um, done i would have thrown all yeah. everything away you know and and <laughs> you're much stronger than me because i there yeah. there would i just would not have been able to control yeah. any bit of my emotions and and just i only know you know shit there's only one way that yeah. we're taught to react to that type of situation and it's just not there's no rational thought that yeah. would have went into it. Well, I don't have kids. That's a though. huge so counterbalance. Like maybe it would have been different. Yeah, that's what, know? and that's why I think saved my life. Because yeah. I kept, the reason I didn't, I think, like, because I like I said, I battled it. Like, I was actually getting up and, like, I'm about to, no, I ain't letting this go by, you know. I ain't letting this slide. My kids, what would make them so powerful, I think, was just, I thought about, okay, let's say I do do it and don't get away with it. I go to jail for murder and life and my prison. Now, all I thought about is, like, now they can kill my kids because I'm not there to protect them. That's what bothered me so much. I'm like, if I go to jail for murder and get caught, now my kids is in the same position. Like, now who's going to protect my wife and kids? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's all I thought about. I, that, that's what made me think, like, I got to I gotta protect them. You know what I mean? So that's what I thought about. You can't get away with that either. They know exactly who to go look for if that happened. I mean. Yeah. And I wasn't stupid either. Like, I, I, Clearly. I live by this example. Yeah. And I live by this example. I shouldn't even promote it. But it's like like people are always telling us so like don't be a suspect i think they were expecting that you know what i mean of like course. they know yeah like don't be a suspect like don't post don't do none of it i was a smart guy like i i, I call it dangerous when you're dangerous when you think out stuff you know what i mean like i wasn't posting i wasn't leaving no trails or nothing on, i so, read once I wasn't so, yeah i i read once sorry that the best method to appear powerful is to stay away yeah and that's because you are whatever they make of you in their mind at that point. And it will yeah. always be something bigger than who you are. And there's no need to be there any longer. I do want to ask a question or kind of segue into something here. You okay. mentioned your child and your wife. Mm-hmm. And you're going through the loss of three loved ones under traumatic circumstances. You said you have a child with a disability. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about the strength in a family to 
lived through something like this, what's that family unit look like to get you to the other side, sitting here talking about it the way you are and advocating for other people. That's a story that I believe people should hear. Um, I think what it is like, I got three biological daughters and I got two stepboards. So I got five and a wife. So my house is, is very it's beautiful. Turned, yeah. It's turned up and it's beautiful. Yeah. But I think what it is, is like, you are reminded every day why you didn't make the choice you did. It's like with my kids, like my four year old and having three daughters, like for instance, like something simple as like waking up and like, they might say, I love you, daddy out of nowhere, hug me. Mm. And I'm like, I look at it like they were like the universe and God is reminding me like, so you didn't do that. Cause if I would have did that and got caught and been somewhere, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be here. So the support from them unwilling, you know, doing it, they didn't purposely like, don't worry about that. They didn't understand like, you know, it's okay. Don't worry about that. They like say, I love you. Hug me all day. Wanted to be around me is kind of like a sign from God and the angels like, you know, you're okay. You know what I mean? So that's what helped me get through it. I look at them like that. So the mom, every hug and kiss, like random kisses and random hugs. Those are the best, right? My niece did that the other day when she was here. Ran up, gave me a big old kiss on the cheek. And I was like, dude, nothing better. Yeah, I look at the random the random love and kisses. As, I look at the other sign. It's like angels like, yeah, you should. I'm glad you didn't do the, make the decision you were going to make. And with my wife, too, just being there, you know. And just talking about it, too. I think a lot of people have the misconception of what talking. Like crying, dude. Like you mm. ever cry and you feel better after, after? I think crying and just talking about it because... A lot of people don't get to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. I have to talk. I have a wife, so she'll let me talk my ear off. I even talk to my kids about it because to be honest with them, because mm. of their grandma. But after talking to them and just getting reminders from my kids, boys too, just you no, know, they just being there for me. That's what made me get through it. That sounds like you surrounded yourself with love, yeah, and made that the the lighthouse to to lead your way. Um, yeah, that's fucking amazing. It's amazing that you were able to draw upon those familial bonds to get you through such a trying time. Um, Gary, you uh, you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, I just um, I was motivated just by talking to you for ten minutes just to be better of a person. Well, yeah. Just I mean, so much shit I let bother me and and hold me back from things and from helping people and and God knows what and you know for you to do what you're doing and and rally around your family and be out there trying yep. to help people after all this. I mean, it's much less has turned people into terrible human beings and oh, yeah. you went the opposite way and just, it just got better and did better. And, um, you know, I, uh, um, you know, not to change the subject at all. I just want to hear all of the stuff that you got going on and, and know if there's any Absolutely. way I can support it or help oh. or anything. Cause I, I know you got 10 different things that, you know, and, by all means talk about this subject as long as you want but i just i'm just motivated to hear what you got going on because i know it's a lot of stuff oh no like i said um you want to mean like what's going on far as career-wise or more of this stuff or just everything i know you've kind of transitioned all of this into your career and been able to speak and teach and and how did that all start as i guess take turning all this pain and everything and what got you going on taking this to the next level and, and not only talking to your wife and your kids, but to other people and, and sharing your story. I think what helped me too is a lot is I actually like, I like, instead of like turning into, I love to work out too. So I tell people working out save me too. Cause a lot, a lot of chemicals and stuff that's released is the same chemicals you use when you do drugs. Like I drink whiskey, don't get me wrong. I like to drink and turn up, but. <laughs> that's been like a to topic lately. Yeah. But like, I think, I think working out and just using like working out and stuff saved me too. But 
I think what it was, I didn't want to be a victim to that stuff, man. That's what I told myself because somewhere on the other side, they wait, they they probably watching like seeing if you know people like that, whoever whatever happened did that to my mom, and they waiting for me to be a victim. They want me to be somewhere sad. They want me to be posting. I don't give people the satisfaction of like getting into you know and to give them the satisfaction of like being like oh he's sad yay we did you know what I mean like them being happy because because that's I'm their sad. mental yeah. illness that's their yeah. mental illness no matter what they say if you treated them like they were in a straight jacket on the corner screaming it makes a yeah. lot more sense then you're like fuck yeah. why would I let that bother me why would that fall on my ears why would a single insult word or any of those things become my reality. It's the same exact thing. Let them be there. Let yeah. them scream. It's not mine. Yeah. And I, per and I personally feel like this chose me because even like besides that, even before that stuff happened, like, I don't know if I got like this energy or something, but like every time I meet people, they just open up to me. Like I'll work out and just like, I can meet people at the gym. It's like, yeah, I'm, I just met someone that, like, like last week and came up to me like, yeah, man, I see you all the time. Nice to meet you. And it's like, can I talk to you? I just got like, my wife is cheating on me. I'm like, I just saw you like two times in the gym. Like, so I don't know what it is about me. People always, I could tell you, like, I know so much about people's lives that I don't even know their name. So I think this might be part of it too. Maybe it's like a gift that I had from the beginning and this was just like a cherry on the top, you know? But yeah, I just have some type of oral that I got, I guess. People just opened up to me about everything. So trauma that builds empathy. People yeah, know, was, they feel safe with you. Yeah, and it was before that, like, people just like opened up to me. I'm like, I don't know why people just tell me their business. You're a good dude. A yeah. I might start a shade room or something. Start a what room? A shade room or TMZ. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what the hell that is. I'm so unplugged from life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was like, man, is this some like 50 shades of gray shit? What's no, about man. to happen here? <laughs> no. Yeah, you know what it yeah, is. Yeah, he's okay. he's got yeah. a black friend in Chicago that he needs to check in with on certain things. So <laughs> um. we do this. I do calls where I, I'll call him up and we hold like racist court or something like that i'll call up my buddy dre and i'll be like okay so i need you to explain this to me and i'll ask him he'll give me like the implicit bias behind something you know we veil it in a joke however mm -hmm. it's because i want to learn about it i want to know what this means i want to know what somebody told me i should believe you should yeah. see it uh, as opposed to what you got pictures of him at the bachelor party on the south side of chicago <laughs> Um, <laughs> I have to tell you, man, that was the greatest experience of my fucking life. I know only two white guys there. Oh, the only one. <laughs> the only one. Ever. I looked like a documentarian. It was not good. <laughs> it was amazing. And that's funny because my nickname is Dre, too. So. Oh, that's funny. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because DeAndre, my nickname's Dre, so people call me Dre. Figures, man. I end up being friends with everybody named Dre. Doctor, yeah. doctor, you out there? I need. I got one more Dre to hang out with. <laughs> Where's Doctor Dre? It'd be easy to remember me now. You'd be like, not my friend Dre, the other Dre. You know, like the other black Dre. So, oh yeah, I'm gonna now. say that out loud. Let's see how that works out for me. <laughs> I can see. Yeah, the other. I have two Dre. friends that are black. They're both named Dre. <laughs> oh my god dude can i sound any whiter or wait, making shit up at that point <laughs> one even makes headphones <laughs> the other one's got this white guy rapper that hangs out with him oh, man. <laughs> that's funny oh my god dude see but this is what it's all about it's about yeah. you know breaking down those walls and having these mm -hmm. conversations with candor and humor 
you know, yeah. because we can't sit in the pain because that's not it's actually sitting. That's the that, it's no. literally sitting. Like you have a yeah. choice. Would you stand in crap or would you step out of crap? It's that simple. Like yeah. people don't realize that that the reality that you live in is the one that you choose. Yeah, you choose. Yeah. Your anger, your anxiety, your depression, all those things. Now, I'm not saying they're not real. They don't break people down like yeah. a shotgun. However, yeah. they're still a choice. Yeah. They're a program my, choice. And that's my whole mentality of like spreading the word. Cause I feel like so many people feel like if they lose a job or lose a girlfriend, they feel like it's the end of the world. I want to be that person like people look at like if he beat through that beat that, I can beat that, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't want everybody to look like a lot of people like look at their situation the worst, you know. It could be something simple as, like I said, losing a job, a girlfriend. It looked like it's a choice, like, oh, man, life sucks now. I lost my job. And you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's not real, but I want to be the person that look at, like, man, this ain't nothing. He Sip went through way more. I'm about to get up and get me another job. You know what I mean? I want to be something like that. I'm not saying my stuff is more important and worse than theirs. Lead by example. Yeah, I want them to be like, hey, man, I'm going to get up and go. I'll be all right, man, you know, so... That's my whole thing. Just, I, don't know. I tell people when they're going through trials and tribulations that they need to sit down and take stock in themselves and that you're not going to be any good to anybody else unless you work on yourself immediately. And if you want yeah. to give people something to look up to, become that beacon in the moment, stand still and the people will come find you and you'll get out of the situation. You're not going to yeah. get it by swinging. You're not going to get it by spinning around like a windmill or yelling or anything like that. You sit down because there's only one permanent thing in this world, and that's fucking change. Nothing, yeah. nothing remains the same. You will not sit in the same situation. It's fucking impossible. Yeah. And that's why quarantine was so possible because people had oh. to do that. Like people was forced to get in love themselves. You know what I mean? It, it made and broke relationships the way mm -hmm. they should have been. The one you notice, how, yeah, go you ahead. Notice how, I didn't mean to cut you off, no. but you notice how since the quarantine, how many woke people there are now because I was forced to sit in the house and like I gotta love themselves, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it takes time, it takes yeah. time to break through it. We were talking about how, like, the more that you have solitude and can take stock in yourself, not thinking mm -hmm. about what's not there, but thinking about what's there, that's when you start to realize and understand and grow from your experiences you start to untangle those misconceptions about what is reality and i think that people got to see that we're simply on a merry-go-round with no destination and that we mm. kept repeating the same life over and over and over again with no high score nobody wins there is yeah. no winner in this entire endeavor no matter how much you pile up, you might think you won, but all you did was waste time collecting material things. Because if right. you walked around your house with a calculator and didn't measure it by cost or price and measured it by hours, minutes, days, and years, it gets real fucking depressing. Mm -hmm. It gets real depressing because you donated all your fucking time to some ridiculous thing that has zero mm -hmm. weight on your happiness. Unless yeah. it's something that you use as your creative, you know, hobby, mm -hmm. or it is something that means something to you. Outside of that, if you're trying to replace happiness with it, you're fucked. 
just the cycle. Yeah. It's hard to get out of that cycle. Monday through Friday. Yeah. Then Saturday, you do the same shit. Sunday, oh shit, I got to worry about Monday again. Boom, all of a sudden, a year, two years, three years, four years, five years goes by. Right. And at the end of the night, maybe two hours of TV to try to turn your brain off so you don't think about that job you hate. And then all of a sudden, it's six, seven, eight, ten mm. years are gone. And it might not have been miserable, but it wasn't good either. It was just, you were just existing. Yeah. That two yeah. hours, that two hours is something that we never talk about. We just, mm. we talk about what we saw during that two hours, but we waste that two hours in a manner that we don't realize. We have two choices in that moment. We can either A, take it for ourselves internally, or B, mm -hmm. which we've chosen to do as a society, is to donate that time to somebody else's yep. mindful moment. But we mm -hmm. don't know what it is that they created. And everything that we consume in that moment becomes part of us. So yeah. if you do need to unplug, because everybody needs to unplug, yeah, make damn sure that whatever mindful moment you've decided to consume from another human is going to mm. better you or give you an escape that's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You're right, man. You're definitely, you're definitely right. People just need to take the time and hey, invest in yourself. You know, like I said, like just get to know yourself. If you get to know yourself, you'll be a cooler, you know, person. You. If you get to know yourself, everything else won't bother you, you know? I think a lot of people spend time, like I said, watching TV excuses, like, because people come up to me all the time, like, and I don't know it's because of what I do. When, like, they come up to me all the time, like, they come up to my to me all the time highlighting themselves, and then they say, like, well, I want to do this, but I, I don't have the time. Like, And I just tell them, like, stuff like that. You don't watch Netflix for two hours. You know, you could have been reading a book or yeah. making a YouTube video or hooping in the gym. Or if you go to school, you want to go to college, you could have been filling out an application. So it's just a whole new track done. Yeah, you could have a whole new track could have been. Yeah, you could have been fighting somebody and could have been sparring like you could have been doing all that. But let's say so people excuses and stuff. So you're right, though. People just got to learn this stuff. Yeah, they take away the excuses and use that time wisely. And just you know what I mean? As narcissistic as it sounds, you should be your best friend. You should be. And, it's, and people look at it like it's weird. It's not weird because you basically teach yourself not to give a like not to care about other people and try to try not to fit in because we don't try to fit in. Then you would, people would try to like, you know, you, people will follow you for not trying to fit in. You know what Here, I mean? Here's a little factoid for you. If you don't love yourself, why the fuck do you expect somebody yeah. else to? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, like Nipsey said, never let a hard time humble us. Like I'm not humble. Yeah, I'm man. the shit. And if yeah. you don't think I'm the shit, yeah. then go fuck with somebody else. Cause I spend a lot of time yeah, trying man. to be good and good at things and learn and better myself. And I put a lot of effort into being the shit and maybe that's arrogant, but, yeah. and there's somebody better at everything well, than arrogant, me. Man. Yeah, they are. Someone's better at making music than me. Somebody is a better rapper than me. Somebody's that's a better artist why than it's me. not arrogant, but yeah, I'm not going to stop doing what I do because of that. Yeah. I'm better than 99.9% .9 of the people that don't do shit. I guarantee you that much, you know, like, which Always better than the like. one of his ass on the couch. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm gonna What are you supposed to feel like yeah. that? You know how stupid I think you'll look if you like if you constantly said people are better than you? Like, you know what I mean? Like you supposed a to a simp, like right? You. That's just a yeah. simp. That's like a global simp. Yeah, like you're not supposed to be like hey, he's better than me. You're not supposed to do it. You're supposed to be like you the shit. Cause I do. I'm not gonna like like I'm humble, but like it's sometimes my ego will come out. Like, you know what I mean? I walk in places like, you know what I mean? Like I gotta put the ego to the side sometimes, but I, I'm the shit. Like you said, I, I get that I'm some shit moments all the time, and I, you know what I mean. And it comes in handy. You walk in with all that work behind you that you did, and all that time and energy that you put yeah. into it. You know, like if you go into a fight 
and you trained every day and you got up early and did that road work and you walk in there, you're going to be confident you're going to fuck that dude up. If you walk in there knowing you took all the days off, you cheated on your diet, you didn't run and your cardio shit, you're going to get your ass kicked and you know it before you even walk in there. You know, if I walk and you know yeah. it, that's the key part. You might get lucky. Uh, you know it. You can't lie to yourself. Yeah. yeah. You ain't no. going to pass that test if you didn't study, you know, but you walk in with confidence and studied and did everything you're supposed to do. You're probably going to pass. Yeah. And it shows too, because, and it shows too, because like without the confidence, you talk yourself into losing. You don't know walking. Like I said, if you walk into a fight saying, I'm talking <laughs> Hell no. I'm probably going to lose today. You, you're going to get your ass whooped. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not walking in there. Like, I have no business in that cage. <laughs> yeah, you have to feel like yeah, you have to you have to feel like you the shit. Cause like you said, even in a job interview or anything, if you walk in there with left no confidence, they're gonna be like, hey, you know what? You know what I mean? So you have it's to. It's a confidence like test. It's not a fucking interview. Yeah. I've hired people that I knew didn't know shit, but they were confident. And I knew and there's people yeah. that probably knew everything that that other guy didn't know, but he didn't have confidence in himself. Why am I gonna have confidence in that person? You know, you know, yeah. Vince Murdoch, when he was on, said something that really stuck with me about training and getting ready. I think it was Vince um, when he explained that a fighter will have their own specific extra thing that they do that prepares them to fight. It'll be something it could be the most minuscule thing like I hula hoop because it helps me move my <laughs> hips better than somebody else or, you know. I get up in the morning and I don't shadow box like everybody else. I get up and I shadow box to the left. That makes mm. me better, you know, or whatever it is. I don't know shit about that, yeah. but the yeah. way he described it meant that, you know, you had confidence in yourself because mm. you were different, not yeah. because you were the same. And that really mm -hmm. resonated with me. Yeah. Gary, what was Gary? What was, what was yours? What was your like secret extra thing? You was fighting shit. I, I, I was, very young and i didn't have that extra thing when i was fight you know I, I was never i was never a competitive fighter but i have uh interviewed ten thousand fighters at least in my day and 20 years of working with ufc and everything and more times than not i could tell you from the interviewing both people who's gonna win the fight you know and sometimes people just way better i mean if i'm gonna go fight anderson silva don't matter if he didn't trained for 19 years and i've been training 10 hours a day i'm gonna get my shit kicked out of me you know it's like there's extremes okay. but if everything else being even guy that did all the right things guy that's confident guy that's prepared is probably gonna win or mm -hmm. have a much better chance and you see it all the time you know i think uh marvin Hagler always had a, a a quote it was it's hard to get up I think it's hard to get up and run at 5 a.m. when you're sleeping in silk pajamas, I think, is basically the, the quote. And that's why all the champions fall, you know. Silk pajamas, too slippery. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, when, you, when, you're when you're rich and you're not hungry, it's hard to get up and you're in Detroit at 4.30 in the morning and go run, you know. But that person that's yeah. broke, that's your challenger, they're up at 3.30. Bro, you got to change your real estate location. You know, but, I'm running at 4.30 in Detroit. You know, that's yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why the McGregor's <laughs> and, and the only one that never fell when he got rich was Floyd because that motherfucker's got the biggest ego on the planet and he was not mm -hmm. going to lose ever because that ego kept him up at four in the morning. That ego kept him training harder than everybody every single time, no matter how many Bugattis he had and how many hundreds of millions of dollars he had. That dude, I would see him running mm -hmm. past my house at 430 in the morning, you know, with two Bentleys chasing behind him and, you know, a fucking, yeah. you know, a sprinter van full of reporters in front of him. And, 
you know, millions of dollars flying out the damn window practically, and that dude's up there early. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I bet if you asked yeah. him if he cared about money, he'd say no. He yeah. would say, who gives a fuck? That's why yeah. money's not his problem. Money's yeah. your problem when you make it your problem. Yeah. I believe in law of attraction. Like, the more you focus on something, like, I, I, believe, I, I, I look at it like, I, I compare it to a relationship. So let's say money is a woman or a man that somebody wants. If you get clingy too fast, what happened? Hey, you too clingy. I'm going to ghost you. You get money. I look at it like a woman to me. Like, hey, you treat me nice. I'll get you more. If you get clingy, like, I need money. I need you. I need you. I keep texting money. I need you. I want you. That money's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to back off as you want me too much. You've been a little too clingy. You've been weird. But if I be like, hey, I want you, and then kind of like spit some game and flirt with money, I give him the universe, like, give him that money because he's not, he's not showing that he's lacking it. He's showing, you know, he's grateful for what he got. Showing gratitude for what he got, gratitude. so he's gonna, he's going to get some more of it. So that's how I look yeah. at it, like flirting with a clingy man or woman. You know what I mean? Money is the motivation. Be yourself. There's never be enough either. Yeah. If all you care about is the money, yeah, you're going to look at the next man oh, that's got oh. more money than you, and you're going to get the Bentley. Yeah. Now you got to get the Maybach. Now you got to get this. And good luck chasing. And, and that you're shit. just going to be chasing it forever. No. People that say they're chasing the bag, they're never happy. That that's a bunch of broke no. people on the internet that's got a couple of dollars and they got a Louis bag with less money in the bank account than that purse called, or they you know they they got six Gucci belts in an apartment that they don't own, you know people that chase yeah. the bag and talk about chasing the bag they don't got shit you know they got yeah stunt for the gram I never knew what that meant chasing the bag yeah. I had no idea what that meant one thing I learned being in my profession is like or even just having friends I learned that it's okay to be flashy but like I learned that people with the most money. Like you don't know it looked like shit. I got a I got some friends that got like Teslas, they bought cash, but the guy wear like some you know, he wear like a Nike shirt with some he wear basketball shirts all the time. You know what I mean? Like he don't got one watch on, you know what I mean? Like that's one thing I learned from just being in this industry and meeting people. I go to people's houses, like I just went to a friend house. I'm like, What well, you, you never talk about your crib? Like, and you see him, he's like so nonchalant about it, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, so like people with the money actually or like Bill Gates and stuff. Them guys wear joggers. You know, you see Jeff Bezos or whatever. Like, you see them guys on TV wearing suits and stuff, but, like, maybe, like, Bill Gates wearing a polo. You know what I mean? Like, most expensive lie in the business industry is that you got to yeah. fucking look like something to be something. Nah. You see yeah. Dana White wearing joggers every day. He's never worn jewelry once in his life. Doesn't have a watch. Doesn't have a chain. He wears sneakers and a T-shirt that's probably free and some the exact same sweatpants I wear every day. Nike Tech joggers and... That dude's got more money than God. And there are all these other people around yeah. him trying to get the big, humble, you know, $180,000 watch and, you know, gold chain and neck starting to turn green. And they got all this shit, and, you know, and here's this dude in sweatpants like, ah, okay, cool. You know, like, you know, like. And I chase that shit. I do it too. You know, I, I, I wholeheartedly admit it. I buy shit that I should. But I, I think don't, don't get to mess up. Money is important though. Like, cause. I got five kids and a wife. You can't tell me I don't need money, but like, but it's just one of the things, like I said, like it shouldn't be like the, the, the one thing that you try to like priority over everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I the think simplicity. The yeah, way that you, know you spoke I mean? about it earlier is the most important way to address it. And you said a word gratitude. There's a Japanese billionaire. I can't remember his name or um, businessman. He had a philosophy that anytime he used his money, he would thank it. He would yeah. say, Arigato money, you know, and he would thank his money anytime that he spent it. And he felt that that was the backbone to getting more money was that mm -hmm. he would thank it anytime he had to use it. 
and that it would always come back to him. And I mean, to a certain degree, there's a lot of truth in that. Whether or not it creates more money, at least it shows gratitude in the moment. And even if yeah. you're not that grateful, especially if it's like the plumber or some shit, you don't want to say mm -hmm. arigato money to the fucking guy that, well, if he cleaned up the shit. But yeah, you better thank the plumber. Yeah, you gotta thank the plumber. I'm sorry. I'm... You're not thanking the money though in that situation. You're thanking the plumber. You're just pissed at the money. Anytime you're like, that's you know, it. I've, this is all I get. Anytime I've tried to get money, it has not worked. Whether it's crypto or you name it, when I'm like, I'm gonna go try to get money, it never fucking works. All the shit that I do that I love to do, whether it's documentaries or television or music or whatever the case may be. I work really hard and I get paid really well for that. When I just try to go get money, mm -hmm. never works. I lose money every single time. Try to get. And that's my philosophy about flirting with it. You know, like you was clingy. Like I'm trying to win. Going to the casino, you like, I want to win so bad. Or like you're trying to invest it. Like but when you was doing a documentary and stuff and you got money, you spitting that game. Like, hey, hey, baby. You know what I mean? Like the money is so whatever. Like, you know, like, hey, like you was in and out with it instead of being like, I need my money right now, you know. Not the clinginess. I look that's how I look at like a relationship being clingy. You make somebody okay, right the window away. right there is a casino. I could see it right there. Um, Humongous billion dollar building. Nobody's winning in that place. You know, the, the guy that spent years to build that place is winning, but everybody that's trying to get rich quick there, uh, they're not winning. Mm, selling that oh, dream. Yeah. Yeah. The dream that won't make you happy. You hand somebody a million bucks at the casino. You hand a poor person a million bucks. 99% of the time, it's going to fuck them up. Yeah, they don't pay taxes. Like, mm -hmm. 10 ways from anything. Yeah. It would have, mm. if you'd have handed my family a million bucks, we were fucking, no, no. It would have been fucking plasma TV, stupid cars, fucking crab legs, shrimp, <laughs> and a fucking, and a empty bank account three months If later. I won a million bucks today, I'd still fuck it off, every bit of it. Guaranteed. It's, yeah. it's in me. <laughs> every cent, every cent of it. There's nothing wrong with that, though, man. <laughs> Every bit of it. And it's one of the things you learn, too, you know? Like, if you get a million dollars to go broke again, you like, you might get used to, like, what can I do not to be broke again? Now you learn, like, okay, I'm going to get another million, but I ain't about to do this no more because I don't, you know what I mean? So it's just a learning curve, too, yeah. you know? Or you just find a different place to spend it. <laughs> yeah. I got five kids. Left, so. uh, no, five kids would be different, but I don't got kids. I, I would buy dumb shit with every bit of that. I would tell you myself got, I wouldn't, but. You got a nice sneaker collection back there, though. I do. Oh, tell them about your sneaker collection, man. I don't think we've talked about it too much. And I studio too, so I like the studio the, too. The sneakers and like that's the studio yeah. that he's in. I think I'm probably even for my life with sneakers or close because I've made enough. You know, I was kind of like the weed dealer that would always sell enough just to smoke for free. I would always sell enough shoes just to have shoes for free. So I'd mm. buy two, flip one for double, so then I could keep a pair. And so for the most of my 20 years of really doing this i think like it's pretty even itself out what i had to start okay. doing is not buying my own size when i wanted to you know in investment sneakers i had to buy like grown-up sizes oh. like you know size 11 <laughs> or 12 yeah because if i bought the kid sizes like i wear shit i would wear them every time so i, <laughs> I had to start buying 10 11 12 you know grown people have money and then flip those and then oh, buy yeah. my size but that's a cool hustle that's cool. And Jay, your studios, you guys do your studio is nice too, man. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Very grateful. Really nice. Yeah, um, very nice. Well, if you're in Florida at any point around the Tampa area, you're always welcome in studio, man. Um, we'll also be uh doing some stuff out in Vegas too. So right. we're always uh 
open door I'll policy. Yeah, anytime you're out here. I definitely want to come back. Yeah, I'm going to definitely come back. I think in the next appearance, I want to do per- I want to do in person. Like, you know what I mean? I want to have like Absolutely, man. Have a glass we're, of whiskey. We were just talking about doing a good long run of uh, interviews here in studio just the other day. Yeah. Uh, doing another set. I like a good glass yeah. of whiskey, too. Or a, ma- or yeah, a man like glass. Like- yeah, we have. Yeah. whiskey. <laughs> you know who uh, Artem Lobov is? Uh-oh. Artem Lobov, a uh, bare knuckle boxer. He's friends with uh, Conor McGregor. We had him okay. on uh, two weeks ago, and he was telling us all about the Proper 12 deal that he helped broker for Conor that uh, was for Proper 12 whiskey, Conor McGregor's whiskey. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's one of my goals, man, because I drink whiskey. I love, like, the. it's on my, like, uh, vision board to have my own whiskey. Not because cause I like I like whiskey, so I'm like, why not have my own whiskey? You know what I mean? Like, I want some whiskey. Man. Yeah. Gary um, Gary told me he's working on getting us a, a strain. I, I smoke weed. So it starts oh, with a thing. It's close enough. Ain't nothing wrong with smoking, man. I'm a, I'm more of a drinker, man. Like, trust me, I'm around my family. I ain't never done anything smart drinking. Oh, yeah. That's what that's the problem people have. Like, I'd rather smoke because well, I'm a drinker, man. Like, I like to drink, like. Yeah. yeah, it probably doesn't make you an ass. That's why you like to drink. No, I don't make me. No, I don't make. No, I'm not an exactly. ass. Exactly. I'm, 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 I'm a fun drinker. You know what I mean? I like to talk and just chill. You know what I mean? I'm fun until I'm just fucking shit faced. I don't know how to stop. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do, though. Like, once you get a buzz and you think you're keeping the buzz going, you're like, let me take some. Mm. I, yeah. I don't like or the sick. day after either. Then all of a sudden, it's like, where's my oh. pants? I knew I, had, I, was, yeah. I was wearing pants when I left the house. <laughs> I'm absolutely sure that I have pants on this morning. I, yep. Yeah, where's man. my pants is the is the bad yeah, end of whiskey yeah i'm like I, I definitely had pants on i'm sure of it at some point today well i noticed <laughs> the older i get the harder hangovers are so like it takes me two <laughs> days to recover now it used to be well, one I get a hangover from fatty foods yeah now, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man yeah if I, <laughs> like what did i eat yesterday i had that tiramisu and they put a little extra of that whatever frangelica or shit in there i'm like hungover from that yeah but you know Every now and then. That's why the good whiskey, you, yeah. you sip on it. You know, the, the shitty stuff, you want to put Coke or whatever in it and then waters it down yeah. and then you can drink it too fast. The good stuff, you sip it slow. I don't understand it. You can... I understand You're not a No, alcohol tastes like shit. I firmly believe that all of it, every single bit of it, unless it's like some fruity something or other that's made to taste like a Slurpee, it all tastes like yeah, shit. It, it, I don't care what anybody says. They're it's lying. A, it, They're like, oh, beer tastes good. My some beer tastes ass. good. No. It tastes like somebody it, boiled wheat. Yeah, boiled wheat's good, you know, in the right circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. If you get a good whiskey, you get like. Taste. No, you're just fighting through it for the fucking bucks. Yeah, sometimes. But yeah. when you start appreciating it and you, 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 know, you taste all the different flavors and the work that and the craftsmanship goes into it, it's a little it's a little different. It's still not no, as good as lemonade. If it tastes like shit the first time, it tastes like shit yeah. the last time. You can't yeah. make something stop tasting. I like, like the way shit. coffee tastes for sure now, but when I was eight years old and I drank it for the first time, I spit okay. it out all over the I, kitchen. I can see that. I love, I love coffee too. Yeah, I'm drinking some now. So. Yeah, right here, man. I got a heated like, coffee cup. That was the coolest gift I ever got. You know, you go, like, you you go to Brazil or somewhere. Warm. I hate cold coffee. You know, yeah, cold coffee's gross. And that's, I agree with you there. Like, you got to be like communist or something. It's 120 shit. degrees out right oh, now, and I still would rather coffee. have it hot. Yeah, I'm the same way. I drink hot, yeah, hot coffee when it's. My wife drinks cold house. coffee. I, I don't know. I my think that's does, like. Yeah, my wife. My wife does too. I don't know if it's so. I don't, don't want to say it a is. woman. I want to punch wife. it. 
I feel like yeah. it's old. It's like Starbucks. But see, I think it's like a thing women do. Like we go to Starbucks. Guys drink coffee because we're tired because we work our ass off. Women like go do Starbucks, yeah. so like it's a thing. Do you know? It's like <laughs> yeah, I need the caffeine for a different yeah. reason. The walk longer and the yeah, yeah, exactly to to move through life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need coffee to work more. more yeah. You know, so, guys yeah. drink coffee. They need forty three things: half calf, latte, double soy. 140 degrees with like caramel what the hell yeah my wife orders it's like a fucking novel she's like i'll have soy milk with a something or other with i kid you not dude i open my fridge she's gonna kill me for saying this on on whatever Uh, we all know women we open the fridge and she's very healthy she grew up like with a mom from a farm and all that stuff i grew up with Mm -hmm. canned food like (laughs) it's just the way we had it as a kid and there's some shit in my fridge right now that I opened up that should not exist. Banana oh, milk. That's probably good. Banana? Yeah. No. Bananas are gross, first of all. I like, well, I like bananas, oh, so they, obviously you're not going to like them. Okay. It like, just looks disgusting, man. It's big and yellow wife, sitting in there. My wife don't even go to Starbucks anymore. You know what she did? She bought all the Starbucks ingredients. You know they got Starbucks coffee and stuff yep. at store? She bought everything to make her own cold coffee. So if you open my fridge... It's Starbucks coffee in the fridge. Like, so she can make her own cold coffee. Yeah, that's good. That probably saves like thousands of dollars. Yeah, but it's still cold coffee. Yeah. It's still cold coffee. <laughs> right, nah, cold coffee just is like, it's disappointment in a cup. Yeah. It's yeah. so, like, I can't, like, it's so satisfying when it's warm. When it's cold, it, it feels like a cup of failure. Like, you didn't get there in time. Yeah. <laughs> On any TV set, you know the new guy when they say, hey, I'm going to Starbucks. Anybody want anything? You make that mistake one fucking time. Oh, yes. One time. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, laundry list. 37. In- Can you take my debit card? What about oh, mine? Yeah. Try to use this cash. 37 oh, instructions per one. And then somebody gets in, they're <laughs> mad. Like, nobody would have got that right. Zero chance. <laughs> Do not be mad. Like yeah. if you would have just got a coffee black with a little sugar, you would have been fine. But you had ninety-seven things that needed to happen, and or they had to remember yeah. that, write it down, tell somebody that makes five dollars an hour to do that, execute it for you, get it back. No chance. You can't be mad. And the people yeah. get so mad. Oh, nope. I can't drink nope. this. Yes, you're mad. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. monkeys writing Shakespeare or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, that's that's <laughs> a better chance of that yeah. shit. It's, I love watching it go down. Uh, I'm going to run to Starbucks. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. I just sit back and If you it. hand me that list, I'm coming back yeah. with the Dunkin' Donuts box of Joe yeah. for everybody. Two of them. And that thing of like creamer and sugar that they give you with like the individual. Oh, you like it cold? Right on the table. Oh, good. I brought a bag yeah. of ice too. Work it out. Perfect. I'm <laughs> yeah. back yeah. a bag of ice. <laughs> <laughs> Stop by, <laughs> stop by Chevron on the way. Shit. We're perfect. You're... <laughs> One of those eighty-five cent bags yep. that somebody with dirty hands fill. Oh yeah, so, yeah. And you got the smallest cup, the smallest cup you can find. So oh um, yeah, like the thimble. You know, yeah, yeah, the thimble with the big bag of ice. Oh, man. No, that that little cup is is so hard to navigate. It's almost like you have to drink, you have to do your sugar or creamer in stages. You get oh, yeah. super bitter, yeah. then you drink it down a little bit, and then you add what you would normally put in there, and then you get like the regular amount that you yeah. normally get. You have to drink half down, half down, because it's so small. I just drink espresso. I drink double or triple shot, depending on the day. It goes down the hatch, yeah. and that's it. You shit yourself. The, the, problem, the problem I have with my coffee is I add too much creamer, so sometimes it turns Bro. cold. Do you use that stuff in the fridge? The uh, like French vanilla or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Okay. So I started using the almond one. 
because I know for sure that I probably have like my blood is like butter. When I looked at the fucking, <laughs> when I looked at the I'm back of that thing and I read the serving size on it, yeah. I was like, oh shit. It's like a tablespoon. It's a Big Mac with every cup. And it's like a yeah. thousand calories and cholesterol and all this shit in a tablespoon. Yeah. I'm like, are you fucking gym. kidding me? I'm pouring <laughs> I like half that jug in there and drinking three of these bottles of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> I go sweat. I go sweat it back out though. I go to the gym. I sweat, sweat it out. out. Like, I go sweat. Oh, yeah. I look like a glazed that. donut. Look like a look like wet chocolate. <laughs> wet chocolate. Well, I would look like, like a glazed donut if I started like <laughs> sweating. Fucking whatever that shit. Oh, like cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. cinnamon oh, roll, you smell good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. That's how that's the new dating trend. Just rub some, you know, Cinnabon behind the ears. Yeah. I bet there you go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you try, try it. That. I must you try probably get bit by a dog Frosty. instead, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah, disclaimer. We don't we wouldn't tell you exactly what kind of person you would attract, but you attract somebody. Yeah, disclaimer. Yeah. They, they might have one foot. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> A bunch of sports <laughs> oh god i'm going to hell for that that's yeah. a bad one i i, I shouldn't have said yeah that. We that one foot cut that part out i'll probably be that way someday <laughs> <laughs> all right man hey all right. um before we before we close out i want to thank you um oh, thank you. coming on yeah. here and using such candor being so open and sharing such a you know a traumatic you know, traumatic life experiences over such a short amount of time, but giving people a path to follow to mm -hmm. navigate those difficult situations. Um, I appreciate it that you're giving this to our listeners genuinely. And I appreciate you. You always have a seat here. Um, you're part of the Academy now. I'll be Very back. I'm coming. I'm coming to person. I'm coming to the studio. Yeah, man, come, so. to, come to Tampa. You're welcome. Anytime, anytime, plenty All of right. room. All right, man. Any, Plenty of room. Gary? Okay. Shit, I started crying at the beginning of this thing and I ended up crying yeah, and laughing. I did. So I mean, just just like that. I mean, like that that says it all right there. Like I, I was feeling bad about myself and being sick and, and heard your story. Mm -hmm. By the end of this, I'm like my voice has gone from laughing so hard towards the end. You just, oh. you know, you, you have that effect on people. And uh, yeah. you know, I'm gonna follow uh yeah. I'm gonna follow your career and if I can help in any way and like you said, come back anytime, oh. Vegas, Florida. I'll be there. Yeah. Love and it. And thank you guys too. I want to give you guys, you guys flowers, man, for, you know, a place where people can come talk about stuff like this and spread awareness. It's pretty cool, man. So you guys having this is def definitely dope too. And meeting you guys, I'm going to definitely like, after I get done telling my kids, you know, I got to meet Jay and Gary up used to meet up people, you know, so I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely going to tell my kids and show. So it's definitely a dope project. I was excited to do it, man. And you guys keep spreading that positivity too, man. Just, I, you guys that, man. So I didn't beat up them any means people. more I than you know a lot, but I tried hard. That's oh, half the reason I was a piece of shit for so many years. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to take the stank off my childhood. <laughs> <I'm> angry. <laughs> All right. All right. I appreciate you. And remember everybody be cool and keep learning.